You're listening to She Grabs the Mic, and I'm your host, Cole Baker-Bagwell. Every week we'll explore what it means to be happy, present, and whole. You'll hear from courageous women who are kicking ass in their lives and leave with actionable tips that you can apply to reset from toxicity, tune into your gold, and live powerfully from the bedroom to the boardroom. Right now, it's time to grab your headphones, kick back and relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome, amazing ones. Man, I'm glad you're here again this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous fall day here in the mountains of North Carolina. The sun is shining. It's like 70 degrees. And I am pleased to report that the leaves have just about fallen. And that is a damn good thing because my husband and I have spent the last couple of weeks, mainly him, a little bit me, raking, organizing these leaves into piles. And we were beginning to feel like a little carpal tunnel syndrome in our wrist. So as I sit here today talking with you and, oh God, it's so good to be here. Um, I'm feeling an extra dose of gratitude because the leaf chore for 2023 is just about wrapped up. Okay. I want to open up this episode with a question and, and here it is. How do you see the world? The reason that this question is going to become important today is because in this episode, we're going to be talking about negative bias. I'm going to talk with you about the science behind it, how we're wired. We're going to talk about how negative bias begins to inform the way we think, feel, and experience the world. And I'm also going to tell you how you can trump that shit to experience more optimism, more joy, more positivity, more love, more goodness, more happiness, more of all of the great stuff that is surrounding you right now in this very moment. So I'm going to kick this off by telling you a story, and I will share very candidly that this story is a difficult one for me to recount because it was a really hard thing for me to experience. But in the spirit of being real and being transparent and being in community with all of you, here goes. So last week, I ep- released episode six of the podcast, and it released about 5 a.m. And I knew beforehand that this episode could trigger some feelings, it could trigger some controversy. But when my dear friend and I, who joined me and told her story, when we talked about airing this episode and telling the story, I was like, oh, hell yeah, we have to tell it. If you're willing to tell it, I'm willing to give you a platform to share it because we don't shy away from hard stories here. And I knew that her story had the potential to help other women feel seen and understood. It had the potential to inspire other people. And so we rolled the dice, took the chance, and we aired it about 5 a.m. Later that morning, I was on the phone with my website developer. We were working on a couple of things, and it caused me to look at the podcast ratings on Apple. Now, my podcast, very proudly, and thanks to all of you, so immensely grateful for you. My podcast has been hovering at a five-star, which is amazing and mind-blowing and, again, super humbling, and I'm so grateful. But that morning, the ones started to creep in. 
And it kind of like set me back. And I was like, whoa, where's this coming from? And at first I thought, well, maybe Apple podcast is having a malfunction. And then as I thought about it, I was like, no, episode six is doing exactly what I thought it would do. It is creating controversy. There are people who are triggered. There are people who are fearful right now. And those people are responding by clicking one star as they listen. And that point was validated because as the morning went on, I started getting the emails. I started getting text messages, messages through my website from the shade throwers and the haters and the people who were displeased because of the episode that was released. And it was deeply, deeply, deeply hurtful for me. And my brain just focused right there to the point that my nervous system went into high alert. I started shaking. My cognition became very foggy. I had a hard time breathing. I felt sick on my stomach. It was a rough, rough, rough time. And I'm sitting there. And as I was experiencing all of this, nervous system off the rails. It was if I was standing across from myself and watching this happen and I could just see myself crumbling and it was so awful. And I had a couple of thoughts that ran through my head. And the first one was, holy shit, you haven't really felt like this since you left the corporate world. That was very stressful. That created a lot of anxiety, lots of pressure. You haven't felt this in a really long time. The second thought that came to me was, oh my God, so many millions of people are feeling this way right now and they feel it all the time. How lucky are you that you're only feeling it in this moment in the way that you are? And the third thing that came to mind for me is I've got to get this together because if I don't, I might pass out. I mean, it was like this incredibly powerful visceral reaction that I had to the one stars. Now in the midst of this, all of this beautiful stuff was rolling in. I was getting text and emails and voicemails, voice messages that were so full of love and support. Women who were saying, thank you. I feel so seen. Thanks to you and your friend for having the courage to air this episode. Thank you for helping me feel understood, for helping me feel hopeful for the first time in my life. So we have the little bit of negativity that's going on. And then we had the big swarm of positivity happening. But my brain, because of the negative bias that I was inherently born with, was paying much more attention to the negative, much more attention to the one stars, to the shade throwers, to the people who were upset than it was to all of the supportive people who were sharing love, sharing kindness, sharing gratitude. And it took me a while to find my balance again after that. And when I did, you know, I finally had to call a girlfriend of mine and I said, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not feeling so well right now. Like this is what's going on. This is, you know, what I'm experiencing and man, it's like really setting me back. And she listened so patiently and I'm so grateful. Thank you, Emily. And then she said to me, what do you want to do about it? 
And the minute I started to think about the possibilities, I could feel my brain simmering. I could feel my nervous system calming down. I was able to start breathing again. And I could see that what I experienced had the potential to help other women and create this podcast episode. And it was the thing that like gave me back my power. It was the thing that put all of those ratings and reviews and the busyness of the day into sharp perspective. And it's the thing that reminded me that we have the power to choose how we think and therefore how we feel about ourselves and the world around us. So let's get into the science a little bit. The science tells us that negativity bias starts to show up when we're about mm, six months old. I mean, imagine that, like, we can't even crawl, (laughs) we're not feeding ourselves, we're not forming sentences or even words really at that point. But our brains are already wired for something negative. And there's good reason for that. And here's what the science tells us. That negative bias was hard-coded into our brain like moons and moons and moons ago. Like think about the first humans on the planet who had to be very mindful of danger and threats, who had to be hyper-vigilant because they needed to survive. The negative bias, that's where it comes from, right? It was hardwired into the brain so that they could literally survive from one day to the next. And it's still there. It's still like a super influential part of how our brain is hardwired. And the NIH says that we're using negative information far more than positive information, and that this propensity informs our decisions and our choices. So just think about that for a minute. If negative bias is kind of ruling our world, And we're always on like this lookout for danger and threats and things that can harm us. We're looking for the bad in the world and we're using that lens to inform our choices and decisions. It becomes easier to understand why we feel stressed, why we feel anxious, why we feel the way that I felt last week, because we're focused on all the bad stuff instead of the good stuff. Dr. Rick Hansen has this really amazing quote. He's the author of The Buddha's Brain, which by the way, if you haven't read it, I would invite you to check that out. It's an amazing book. And his quote says, the brain is like Velcro for negative experiences, but like Teflon for positive ones. So imagine that every negative thing, you know, that's out there, like every experience we have, every unkind word, um, every one star, every thumbs down that we get. It's just sticking to our brains like Velcro. And somebody might come up to us and say, you're the most awesome person I've ever met. And boom, just bounces right off like Teflon. So I see this as massive opportunity. And, you know, I can certainly relate to the quote because it was absolutely true for me in my case. I mean, my brain automatically focused on all of the bad stuff and my experience tanked. And I know that I am not unique. This happens for millions of us in every moment, every single day. So there's a little more science I want to share with you about how we think. And here's what I know. Um, science shows us that we have like 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day and about 80% of those on average are negative and 95% of those are repetitive. 
holy shit, 80% negative, 95% repetitive, 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. There's a lot going on in our minds, beautiful people, a lot. And when we're not tapped into it, those busy minds of ours can take us for a ride. They can create negative stories, lead us to negative self-limiting beliefs. They can cause us to see things that just aren't there. And we need a lot of positive reinforcement, by the way. John Gottman, who's a pretty famous relationship researcher, says that we need five positive experiences to counteract every one negative. Oh my God, we're needy people. We need five good things to counteract one negative thing because of the way our brains are wired. Okay, here's the deal, right? We're not victims to the way our brains are wired. We are wired to see the world one way, but how we choose to see the world is a very different thing. The first has to do with science and the second has to do with mindful awareness and choice. How beautiful is that? You know, yes, we've got the cave person wiring in our brain, but it doesn't mean that we have to accept that as our truth or let that navigate our experience. Not at all. We have the power to choose. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. I think that that math around the 50 to 60,000 thoughts we have a day and the 80% being negative, I see that as a big ass opportunity for change. I mean, my God, imagine if even half of the 7.8 billion of us on the planet could flip our thinking so that 80% was positive. And 95% of those thoughts were repetitive, repetitive. I mean, imagine the possibilities when we think about like the small stuff we're managing as people and the big stuff alike. It is mind blowing, massive opportunity. So I want to talk a little bit about how do we start to change this paradigm? How do we begin to get in the driver's seat? of our experience, despite the way that our brain is wired for negative, negative bias. How do we begin to disrupt the cycle of of negative thinking and adopt a new thinking pattern that is positive, that allows us to see, as I mentioned before, the optimism, the goodness, the love, the possibilities, the friendship, the camaraderie, the compassion, the trust, the hope. How do we begin to do it? We begin to do it one thought at a time, and I'm going to share with you three steps that I share with my coaching clients to help you kick off this party today if you choose it. Number one, awareness. Ask yourself, what am I thinking? So 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day, you're not going to catch every single one of them, but if you put the net up there, you might catch a few of those butterflies. And when you do, pay attention. And ask yourself, what am I thinking? Number two, get curious. Where are those thoughts coming from? Are they coming from something that happened in the past? Are they coming from a worry about the future that does not yet exist? Are they coming from a truth that you have assumed or inherited? Are they coming from a story that you have manufactured based on your negative bias? Where are the thoughts coming from? Get super curious about that. And if you pair that awareness with that curiosity, 
you can start to get a lot of information about what's actually going on up there in your mind. A couple of episodes ago, I released um, a topic called the co-conspirators of your body and mind. And I talked about how we can begin to pay attention to what our body is telling us to connect with the thoughts that we're having in our mind and vice versa. So in the example of my experience last week, when I was about to crumble into pieces on the ground, I knew that my thoughts had gone south because my body was telling me that. And as my thoughts were screaming in my head and focusing on the one stars and the negativity, my body started responding. So when I had that awareness, I was able to get curious about what was going on and I was able to start thinking about, okay, what am I really thinking? Why am I thinking that? Where is it coming from? And that awareness began to help a great deal. It also gave me the awareness that I needed to call my friend and say, hey, mayday, mayday, I need a little help in this moment. All right, step three, intentionality. We can choose to redirect our attention. So in the case of my story, I could choose to focus on the people who were throwing shade, or I could choose to focus on the people who were sending love. That was within my power. It was within my capacity to choose. So now that we have the three steps, let's put them together. Number one, awareness. What am I thinking? Number two, curiosity. Where are my thoughts coming from? Number three, if you don't like what you see, if the thought is negative, you have the power to flip it by getting intentional and redirecting your attention, recreating the thought. Before we wrap this episode up, I want to also underscore, you know, the sort of inauthentic nature of digital media and social media in particular. And I want to give a shout out to any of you who may have experienced something similar to what I did last week, whether it was, you know, getting thumbs down on something that you created or getting comments that were unkind or hurtful getting one stars or poor reviews. I want to remind you that there is a lot of inauthenticity when it comes to social media. It takes one second for somebody to make that choice. And we never know what place they are in when they make it. It does not mean that we have to take it into our being and into our world as truth. I'm reminding myself of that right now in this moment, every much bit as much as I am reminding you, we don't have to take it in. We have the power to choose. We have the power to trump the negativity. We have the power to control our thoughts and we can do it by getting in touch with our thoughts because how we are wired to see the world and how we choose to see the world are two very different things. The first is science The second boils down to mindful awareness and choice and amazing ones. You have that power all day long, every single day of your lives. As we wrap up today, I have two questions for you. How do you see the world right now? And how would you like to see the world? Thanks for tuning in. And for every single one of you who chimed in last week, I am grateful as hell for you keep sharing, keep showing up, and together we can change the world one episode at a time.
And that's the end of the show today, everybody. I hope it has served you well. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've liked what you've heard, please drop a review wherever you grab your favorite podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please be sure to share this podcast with another woman that you love. If you'd like to learn more about me or my work, check out my website, colebakerbagwell.com. Until next time, remember to be super kind to yourself and do your very best to leave everyone and everything just a little bit better.